text this morning is Numbers 21, 4 through 9. Let's read those verses again. They traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way, spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the desert? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We sinned and spoke against the Lord and against you. We prayed that the Lord would take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake, he looked at the bronze snake and lived. After the sermon, let's sing hymn 79, stanzas 1 through 5. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are all familiar with the story we see in this text. Because anybody who's ever heard the story, ever read it, about these poisonous snakes killing all these Israelites, you'll never forget it. You cannot forget the story. What doesn't help is that one in three of you are probably osteophobic, which means you have abnormal fear of snakes. And even if you're not ophidiophobic, you probably have a pretty healthy respect for snakes. If I suddenly lifted up a burlap sack and threw a giant uh, Burmese python on the floor, one-third of you would start screaming and run for the door. Everybody else wouldn't. You know yourself if you're from southern Alberta or maybe North Dakota or thinking of that outcrop of rock looking up a valley Suddenly you hear a rattle behind you. Your heart just palpitates. It's a rattlesnake. It hurts you. It kills you. So there's this aspect of snakes and the fear of snakes. But there's, there's more things about this passage that really grabs people's attention. When the people repent, and then, then Moses, he makes a bronze snake and puts it on a pole so that whoever looks at it will live. Now, for, as a Christian, that's a disturbing story, at least at, at, at first uh, glance. How can the very thing that kills the Israelites now be the symbol of their salvation, of, of, of life? And, and also, we, what, what do you think of the bronze image? It's like an idol. It wasn't that much earlier that Aaron had built a golden calf. He got the whole people going. There a danger that people would be begin to worship this bronze snake and live? You know, later on in 2 Kings 18, when young Hezekiah became king and he brought about a reformation there in Israel, we read, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. He removed the high places, smashed the cedar stones, cut down the Asherah poles, he broke into pieces the bronze snake Moses had made. For up to that time, the Israelites had been worshipping it as a pagan deity. 
know, there's so many questions about this passage. It's horrible, bizarre, killing by snakes and uh, the, the making of a bronze
gave them everything, and yet they dared to complain and to say to God, you're justifying them in murdering us horrible, unjustified complaints that they made. They lied to us. We wonder how, how in the world the Israelites could be so repentant. Well, you know, the preacher in Ecclesiastes writes, there is nothing new under the sun. What happens here is not a, a one-off experience in the history of God's people. Even if you go back to paradise,
People never seem to have enough money. They want more entertainment. They want different friends. There's bitterness and dissatisfaction. And that opens the door for the devil to into our lives, into our hearts, to break our marriages, to make us materialistic, to make us turn to alcohol and drugs. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. It's possible that we think that this is overkill, no pun, no pun intended, but, but really? Poisonous snakes killing all those people? A horrible death. piece of fruit. And for that, the human race has descended into darkness. Is that fair? We all understand, though, too, it's not about pieces of fruit. It's about Adam and Eve and Adam and Eve's death. When they took that fruit, when they listened to, to Satan and followed the inclination of their own heart, basically what they were saying is, God, Israel in this this horrible fashion, it worked because we read in verse 7 his people came to Moses and said we sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you pray that the Lord will take the snakes away, so Moses prayed for the people the people had sinned, God exposed their sins through punishment and they repented we sinned against you Moses as God's ambassador we sinned against God do you understand that the people weren't simply saying, get rid of the snake. Forgive us our sins. Deliver us from the greatest snake of all, an ancient serpent, the devil, who has who had who we let into our hearts as we complained against you. Deliver us from the power of Satan. Lead us not into temptation. Forgive us, O oh Lord, for what we did wrong brings us to our third and final point. In verse 8 we read that the Lord tells Moses to make a snake and put it on a pole 
anyone who sits can look at it and live. Now, we mentioned in our introduction that this is a rather uncomfortable thing for us as Christians for a number of reasons. For one thing, it's snakes that kill people. Why would this symbol of a snake kill her? That's, that's something that would be fatal even. And there's the danger here of idolatry, as we pointed out. symbol of a snake, a reminder of Satan himself, how can that be a symbol of salvation for God's people? Now, I'm not sure that the Israelites understood all of this at that time. We know why. We understand the significance of it as it unfolded. We understand because our Lord Jesus Christ explained it to us in John 3. Now, even though the Israelites may not have understood all the symbolism of the snake as a whole, one thing's absolutely clear in our text is that, is that the, the, the people realized they had sinned, they turned to God, and they relied on His grace alone. I can prove that to you, brothers and sisters, because here in our text, the Lord says anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. And then we read in the last line, then when anyone was bitten by the snake, looked at the monster and lived. Now the word that, that's used here in the Hebrew for look is not your usual word for look. Oh look, there goes the blue jay who was the first one. Oh look, there's a, a snake coming to get down on me again. <laughs> the word that, that, that's used here means to think very carefully about what you're then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. Now, we all, understand, we all know what to consider God's commands means. It means to, to reflect on them, to, to think about them, to see the beauty of the commands, to understand them, to take it to heart and to live by them. Well, that word in Psalm 119, verse 6, consider, is exactly the same word used in our text so when the Lord says, whoever looks at the snake and lives, what he's saying is everyone who considers the snake, everyone who thinks it through, everyone who understands what's happening, everyone who believes will live. Because to look at that snake, you have to look at your own sin and to look to the, to the one who will deliver us from all the basic message here in our passage is that those who grieve over their sin and place their trust in the Lord will be forgiven and be saved. We understand that today even better than Moses and Israel did at that time when we turn to John 3. We read there that Nicodemus, Sanhedrin, he came to Jesus at night and when Jesus says, you can't enter the kingdom of God unless you're born again, then Nicodemus 
Now, there's no way that, that Nicodemus was saying, um, what does modesty mean by being born again? He's a teacher. He's an expert in the Old Testament. He knows what being born again is. Psalm 51, create in me a new heart, a, a renewed spirit. That's being born again. Nicodemus' problem was, how can I possibly be born again? I mean, I, I might as well as a grown man get right back into my mother's womb and be born all over again. Is that easier than being born again? No one can be born again. Absolute impossibility. We are sinners. We can do nothing for ourselves. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in Him may have eternal life. I, I think, brothers and sisters, as we're all starting to connect the dots here, that that bronze snake that, that Moses lifted up on a pole points to our Lord Jesus Christ, who was lifted up that deceiver and the murderer from the very beginning, he deserves to hang on that beam of wood, nail bed, and to die for all that he has done. But it's not me. It's not me. It's not you. It's Jesus. How did he ever get there? Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. My Lord Jesus Christ has sinned for me, and he has sinned for you. You don't get it. You're not going to the cross. Put your sin on Jesus. Die for those who die. I will be nailed there. I will be hanged there. I'll come under the justice and wrath of God, and I deserve that. Brothers and sisters, we should not be sinners Born again, we live with the praise of the Lord.
said you're probably connected to God, but there are a couple of extra jobs. It's pretty easy to see that the snake on the pole points forward to Jesus Christ who was lifted up as condemnation for our sins. But he wasn't just lifted up on the cross. Especially in the gospel according to John, when you're lifted up, not just as crucifixion, it says in 12 verse 32, but, but I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. Our Lord Jesus Christ was not only lifted up on the cross, he was lifted up from the grave. He was lifted up into heaven where he is crowned as King of kings and Lord of lords. What we look to, brothers and sisters, is not just the hands and the mind and maybe the cross. If we look at the, the whole gospel of Jesus Christ, if we look at him who the Son of God, who became man, took our sins upon himself, died, but rose again, ascended into heaven, he's ruling this world. And when I look up at my crucified, risen, and ascended Savior, when I look up at him, Believe in him. 
sins are washed away. We are born again. We may live in the kingdom of God with deep satisfaction and deep joy in everything that we do and everything that we have. And we get to praise and glorify God. Look up.